We wish to acknowledge the traditional caretakers of the land we record this podcast on, the Yuggera people and their continued connection to the land and waterways of Yuggera country. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Hi, I'm Libby Trickett. This is All That Glitters, a podcast where I sit down with the world's best retired athletes and explore the transition from the bright lights of competition to the real world. Today's guest is former Australian all-rounder Shane Watson. Fine, that'll do it. Shane Watson joins the party. Test match 100, number four. What striking we've seen this morning. A brilliant innings. Thank you so much for your time today. No, it's my absolute pleasure. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Amazing. How's your day been so far? Not too crazy? Uh, yeah. No, not too crazy. Just um, been out of the kitchen baking with my daughter. Oh, so, cute. thanks. What, what, what did you bake? Um, cupcakes. So, oh. they haven't burnt. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's, How things going with you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Really good. It's, um, yeah, life is great. I get to have these really amazing conversations with people now, which is really quite fulfilling. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. I did something, uh, a cricket podcast um, for about 12 months, just as COVID sort of started to hit for about for 12 months. And yeah, it was something I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I got the, I got I got more out of it than probably other people did. Totally, right? <laughs> so what are you up to mm. these days? You know, because you retired at the end of 2020, like kind mm. of get that COVID time. Yep. How did exactly. that kind of come about for you? Yeah, so... I suppose it worked. I was I was considering playing on for like potentially into twenty twenty one, early twenty twenty one. There's still another tournament that I had a a contract the Pakistan Super League, which I had still had a contract to play in yeah twenty twenty one, like Feb twenty twenty one. But the last tournament that I played was the Indian Premier League in Dubai, and it was wholly and solely in a bio bubble, which. Mm. Part of the joy of playing the IPL was all was always for, especially the latter part of my career, was my family to come over mm. um, and to be able to get out and not just be so restricted um, by the biosecurity bubble. So um, that last tournament that I played, it was sort of like a a full stop. <laughs> so you yeah. know, I, 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 I just the right time. I get I've got very lucky that this is actually I was contemplating whether I was going to play a little bit longer or not. Um, and this has really just put that full stop to go. No, I can't. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. It was like two and a half months away with like no partners and that were welcome at all just because and i get it because the ipl needed to go ahead because it's such a big business mm. so there was just restrictions everywhere to make sure that no one really penetrated that bubble so that was really a, a time that i'd been setting up for anyway like well setting up for sprinting up to <laughs> for the previous sort of like come three, at three me. or four years yeah i was sprinting at it to go what the hell am i gonna do mm. and there's very i was always very like it was daunting and i was fi- trying to find things that were gonna i was gonna be able to redirect all my energy into um so over about a four-year period before i i retired and i i'd started a gosh a, a kids um early mm. Um, early childhood movement business, tried and sort of tried and failed mm. <laughs> that while I was sort of doing it and then started a mental skills business, which is still going, which is still going on now, um, as well as the last year of, of me playing, I was sprinting to launch a, a cricket equipment business. So oh, amazing. Um, but it was, it, my, my wife and my kids would probably say not so amazing because <laughs> when I was amazing. not, like, well, yeah, when I wasn't sort of getting ready to play and going away and playing these tournaments, I was like flat out because I was just wanted to, 
yeah, obsessing over it to be, again, trying to redirect my energy into what the hell am I going to do next? Because everything that I've known from a cricket skill point of view, that just stops like mm. it was was for you, Libby. Like I, it's it just stops. Everything that I've been doing and getting as good as I can at since I was a kid, that I, I can't really, I can't use those skills again. Yes, I can use my knowledge mm. and I can use my knowledge and try and round that out with some other things that I, that I was learning to then impart that knowledge mm. onto the next generation. But all those muscle memory skills that I developed, unless there's a master's tournament on, the hell are you using them again? <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought about going into master's, but then I'm like, oh, I'll get too annoyed at how bad I am now. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. I'm, I'm looking at playing a master's tournament about a month and a half, so I'll let you know how it goes. That's it could so, be the same. That's so awesome. <laughs> but do you do not worry that you're going to be like, oh, God, I just didn't get that ball. <laughs> Oh, that'll be there for sure. But the good thing is I'm one of the younger ones playing this master's oh. tournament. <laughs> so, so my skills are less sort of um, deteriorated compared to some guys <laughs> who are probably <laughs> retired for about 10 years. So that's that's, awesome. that's, that's, the, that's the positive side that I'm looking at it from anyway. <laughs> so it, it sounds like you really actively tried to work out how you wanted to navigate mm. into life after sport. Was that something yeah. that you kind of knew personally or did someone kind of give you that idea that you should probably start preparing now because that's probably you're probably one of the first people that I kind of know of that has actively done that particularly for you know a good four-year period that's really interesting yeah I was just very you know yeah it was daunting and concerned really because some of the guys I was very fortunate that I came into the in and around the Australian cricket team as a young guy, so I saw a lot of players that I played with mm. retire like even five five years before I did. Mm. So, so seeing a cross section of how people sort of dealt with the next phase of their life made me really <laughs> made it very daunting. <laughs> like, Some oh. people were okay, but other people really weren't, mm. and that's the thing that really scared me the most. To be totally honest, mm. um, a couple of my really close mates they really struggled with that next period of like, what the hell am I going to do? So because I'd seen that. And I was very fortunate that I still had, like I played up until I was 30, 39. Mm. So I was very lucky that I was able to extend that extend that out mm. to a point where I had those four years to really try and discover what I wanted to do in between the tournaments that I was playing. It wasn't like I was playing international cricket where I was away 11 months a year. Yeah. I was playing T20 tournaments for like a month or two sporadically sort of spread around the year. So I had time off in between to sort of work out what the hell I'm going to do. But still, when that day came, yes, I was, I launched, as the day came, I just about launched my cricket equipment business. Mm. But still, it's so, I was, I'm still making a lot of rookie errors. Yeah. <laughs> and in business, rookie errors cost money. Yes, they really, <laughs> they really, really do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that's, yeah, so that's where I suppose those four years, I was just really obsessed with it to go, what the hell am I going to do? And still, and now it took me a year to really find out what that next phase, what that really looks like. And yes, I'm going to have my businesses in the, like there that I'm going to be chipping away at, but the next phase sort of opened up because I just didn't know whether I was going to do a bit of commentary. I was sort of a bit hesitant of going into commentary in any way more so because I had my, my own perspective on commentators while I was playing, <laughs> commenting. Um, so I had my perspective on that. Me and too. Then... I had that perspective as well. But go on, yes. And then the coaching side of things, I always wanted to get into coaching because even from the mental skills perspective that I that I got educated, I've got educated on, 
that's one thing as a starting point I knew one helped me so much right at the back end of my career and I know it wasn't taught in cricket as a starting point so I knew coaching was going to be something I could go into but I didn't want to go into coaching was going to take me away from my family from a long period of time like it was when I was playing so in the end within a year of seeing where things were I'm going to sort of land I've done a little bit of commentary and I'll I'll get my little bit of fix of that, which I absolutely love. I think I feel it's an absolute privilege to be able to commentate about people who, you know, they're given their all mm. um, and highly skilled people, which is a different perspective that what when I was when I was playing on some common people commentating, <laughs> commenting. Um, and then the coaching side of things, I'm very lucky that one of my mentors throughout my whole career, Ricky Ponting, my captain and my mentor, one of my biggest mentors, then asked me to coach with him as an assistant coach under him at the Delhi Capitals, one of the Indian Premier League teams. So, yeah, so I get to learn from the best as well. So, again, in that regard, I've sort of landed on my feet, but it's, yeah, it's a little bit different to everything that I was chasing, the Mm. four years I was chasing, which is all around businesses Mm. because it's all around, well, I... If I've got an idea, then I can try and get people around me to be able to help me bring that idea to light. I'm fortunate enough to be able to fund a part of it to a point. Mm. But, again, it's very different. It's a very different world to just cricket or commentating and just trying to you know get better at those couple of skills so still still finding my feet yeah do you I was just gonna say has that kind of surprised you the fact that you were actually anticipating the end of your your career your your very successful cricketing career and yet you know you you've still had surprises kind of thrown at you it will is there mm-hmm. one particular thing that you've kind of gone oh I didn't really expect that in this phase of retirement well the, the coaching side of things, like I know my, because my last sort of four years was only playing T20 cricket, like one specific format and, and getting better and better at just singly focusing on that format. So I knew that that was going to mean that I was going to have some some currency from a coaching perspective going into an, an, any opportunities. I knew that was going to help me for sure. The commentating side of things, it was just like an opportunity that came away. And I, I don't mind speaking and especially talking about um cricket people are giving their all and cricket exactly (laughs) (laughs) exactly um but the things that probably just surprised me the most was from the business side of things with my um cricket equipment business in particular just how I thought there'd be more I could open more doors Mm. because of um yeah just people that I know and my connections that I have but um that has been very surprised like very surprising that there's just the doors have not been open and really at all mm. that's probably been the most surprising thing and and also like even when I was setting up my mental skills business which is still which is still going now there's always like, there's been people along the way who which, who just pushed back at me straight away and said what the hell do you know about business what do you know what the hell do you know about any of this mm. which always I'm a bit of a survivor and <laughs> <laughs> I, I get into survival mode um which I sort of is how I played my cricket a lot of the time mm. and when people sort of push back at me like that that really gets my back up a bit so I've always been fairly good at using that energy to fuel proving some people wrong. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so I still got a bit of energy. I feel you in my soul. Um, so well, tell me more about your mental skills business because that's something that I'm mm. I'm very interested in. What what do you mm. like to do and what do you feel like you've kind of learnt from your cricketing that people can take? Because this is, this is the thing that people I, th- I think don't quite understand is that there are so many elements, so many values, qualities, experiences, you know, all of those amazing things like tenacity, perseverance, blah, 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 buzzwords. Mm-hmm. 
How do, how do you feel like you can translate that into into business and what does your business do to help people do that? Yeah, so I I got educated on a, a mental skills framework from a, a mental skills performance guru from the US. So that was back in 2015 when I was when I was nowhere. Mm. I was 34, my performance is over nine months because of an event that happened when I was on the field, just um, totally changed my whole life and my whole perspective on especially facing fast bowling. So mm. I ended up getting connected to to um, this guy from the US through Will Power, an Indy, Aussie Indy car driver, yeah. who'd been through a similar situation um, in a in a race that he was racing. One of his best mates got killed mm. in a in a race. So um, so he connected me up. He'd been he was going through a similar thing at that moment in time as well, and he connected me up with this guy who worked in high performance people around these sorts of things, um, pushing the limits. Um, he'd been doing it for like 40 years, so I had nothing to lose. I was nothing going to retire. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to retire or um, or just you know, move or try and find some help mm. and um, end up going over and seeing this guy, spending two days with him and learned this incredible simple framework that I'd never been taught. I've been around sports psychologists and mental skills coaches and that in the past, but no one actually really broke it down in a really simple form for me to understand, like just how the conscious mind works, what the function of it is. Mm. How you're actually in control of it, in control of your thoughts. If you want to be in control, if you want to make the most of that control you have, the unconscious mind—that's where your best performances live. You need to tap into that. How do you tap into it? And just giving you, giving me really simple techniques. So straight away, me understanding these things turned me around immediately. And then within six weeks of just applying these simple, simple techniques, bang, I got back to playing some of my best, my best innings and performances in my career throughout the next four years. So. So that made me go, well, this information's not out there. So in the end, I, I, I partnered with um, this guy, Jacques Delaire, from, from the US. And now the business has sort of morphed into me just using his framework and IP that he's got. And I'm releasing a, a mental skills book specifically for cricket to start with in a couple of, in a couple of months' time. Um, because, again, it's just not – one, it's not something that people really talk about either, to be yeah. totally fair. It wasn't in cricket anyway. I know, like, everyone talked about technique. And everyone and coaches and everyone always went back to technique because that's what you could see. But even with some of the great players that I've played with, I never asked them really simple questions around what's going on your mind as like the ball's running in or in between balls or and why do you do these things? It wasn't until I did my own podcast I actually asked like Ricky Ponting and a few of these people why they did things. And they go, Well, I did it for this and this. I'm like, yes. why didn't I ask that? Well, I mean, it's kind of, well, I, I, again, I don't know cricket specifically, but it's almost an arrogance that, you know, you can't really ask those questions because like that may not work for you or you don't want to be seen as being weak. I don't know if that's how Mm. you felt at all, but that's certainly, you know, I wouldn't have asked any of my competitors what they think about. Um, It's kind of, it's a weird unspoken thing, Mm. right? That we don't want to talk about how we tick. Exactly. And that's the, that's the thing that just, it does, it blows me away. And it's not until I do these um, sessions, whether it was with my coaching group that I did um, at the Delhi Capitals or one-on-ones and group sessions I've done over the last three or four years, the conversations that actually start out of the back of a mental, a mental skills sort of session is things that like goes way below the surface of your general conversation, which is just fascinating. You hear different um, techniques that different people have used and where they got it from. You're like, oh my gosh, this is gold dust. And why aren't people talking about this? Yeah. Why, are pe- why are people learning from everyone else? Because you've got to be very vulnerable to be able to expose what you're actually working through. And most people, you don't, you, you just put up this brave front and I, 
I wouldn't have been at a stage through a lot of my career to be exposed myself. I already felt exposed yeah. <laughs> enough to the wolves, yeah. <laughs> let alone then wanting to sort of expose that a little bit more um, and not knowing where that information could go. But it's just something that in the in the right environment, then the power of the learnings for everyone else, because everyone's working through their own mental sort of techniques to be able to use all that muscle memory that you work so incredibly hard for mm. to be able to access all those skills that you've got when performance really matters. Yes, 100%. But that, but that's exactly right. And, you know, to be able to have those tools and techniques and resources in those moments that banner, but also being able to articulate what's going on in your brain mm. yeah. and, and to have that kind of literacy around emotions or stress or anxiety or, you know, obviously you going through such a, a traumatic experience of seeing, you know, a, a friend and a, um, a teammate be killed doing what you do, you know, mm. that's traumatic. Like that's stuff mm. that everybody experiences on some level in some way in their lives. And to be able to take those skills from that, you know, incredibly difficult experiences and then translate that into learnings and, and to give that to other people. I mean, that's remarkable what you're, what you're doing now. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I love it. No, that's what I love. I love being able to use my experiences. I've been so fortunate and information I've been so fortunate to gain over my career and life so far to be able to pass that on to as many people as I, as I, as I can. So, um, so, and that's a, again, that's the things that I've been trying to chase is, well, what can I do where I can sort of use my information I've been fortunate enough to be able to gain, to be able to get it out to the world to a point where I can also try and stay at home as much as I can yes. to be with my, my family and stay connected with my family, which is the most important thing for me. Because mm. this is something that I've always wondered about cricketers because you guys travel so much. Like mm. it's a, a, an insane amount of travel in any given year um, for the cricketers. It, it Does that take its toll in the end? Um, it doesn't take its toll because you sort of get you, you're used to it. And I was fortunate enough that I – to a point as what I did from the age of 20 that I was like traveling most of the, just about most of the year in one, one way, in one way, shape or form, whether it's with international cricket or other, um, other cricket that was on as well. Then when the complexity sort of changes, when a family comes along mm -hmm. and that's, that's where it becomes more challenging for sure, because to be able to build that connection with your kids is, is more, much more difficult yeah. and, and be able to hold that connection because I can build the connection while I'm here, but then I want away. You sort of it doesn't start from scratch, but you sort of then got to invest the time again when when I get back, and especially with really young kids. Yeah, because they um, grow so much, they learn yeah, so much, they change. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So that's been that's probably the the time which was much more challenging was when my son my son was born in twenty thirteen, my daughter in twenty fifteen. So that was when it was more challenging to be able to travel as much as I did. But as also you know, my my wife, I wouldn't been able to play for as long as I did if it wasn't for the support and um the foundation that she set for their for our family being willing to give up her career to make sure that i could continue to do what i did to you know to play till i was 39 and that but the challenge is always just building and holding that connection with my kids that, mm. and that's the reason why it's so important for me now to be able to whatever i do is to be able to try and do things yes i'm going to have periods of time away but then try and build some other things where i could potentially build a business or whatever it is from from home yeah. from my office and, and stay connected with my family. Yeah, I, I feel like that's kind of been a big shift for a lot of people around the world with COVID and, you know, mm. kind of everyone 
working from home in some shape or form. Obviously, not everybody gets to work from home, but for a lot of particularly men to have the opportunity to actually be at home more. I know my Mm. husband, thankfully, has been working from home more and he's actually here for bedtime and bath time and that's just been a revelation. (laughs) (laughs) Not for him. For me it has been. (laughs) It's like, oh, God, this is what you've been doing all the time. Um, But do you feel like you're creating those connections and you're having those incidental moments with your kids more? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's very... It's special. It's really special times, and in the end, when I sort of boil everything down in about what life's all about, the most important thing is the the next generation mm. that you're able. To, if you're fortunate enough, fortunate enough to be able to have kids, is that next generation to be able to give them the best opportunities they possibly can to be the best, most importantly, the best human beings that they can. Mm. Um, and that's a challenge because no one gives you a, a manual for as a parent. So it's trying no. to work <laughs> troubleshoot all the time, troubleshoot all the time, right? To be able to, to be able to be the best parent you can, to be able to try and produce the the best um, human beings of the next generation you possibly can. And that's what, yeah, that's, that's what I love. And that's why I'm doing all I can to, yes, I know I've got to be away still even now, but to try and limit that with, within reason. Do your kids, well, I mean, obviously you were playing while they were, here on the earth so um mm. do they kind of have memories of you playing much sport do they get that you were kind of a big deal in what you did they they do remember yeah because even my last like my last tournament was in 2020 and my, my son was and was he like seven my daughter's five so they have got a bit of recollection um of me playing a bit and i suppose it also they they also came to india as well mm. like a couple of years ago anyway and it's they probably realized then that cricket's well supported in the subcontinent (laughs) (laughs) it's well supported so it's sort of um it makes it a bit more difficult to try and be a bit more incognito with your kids Mm. about what um about what I did so that's but do they care that's it (laughs) they don't care no no no, not at all that is no especially 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 I'm not um doing what they want me to do as a dad no (laughs) way (laughs) not at all (laughs) <laughs> I've had it when my um my girls are just like someone will recognize me in the street and they'll they'll be like having a tantrum while this person's like trying to take a photo with me and I'm like oh god this is so embarrassing <laughs> the beauty of life yeah, yeah yeah and they just and they just don't care it's fine yeah so like obviously your family is incredibly important to you I have noticed on on the emails we've had to discuss organising this podcast mm. that your wife works kind of with you. How do you find that working with your partner? Uh, yeah, it's, it's been amazing. Like, oh, good. My wife, Lee, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can only say that really, but it's true. Um, yeah, she's, she's, Lee's really has been, she was my manager, really, my agent for the last like probably seven years of me playing. So, and a lot of the deals, like T20 deals were done. They weren't just like contracts, like the Cricket Australia contract where he's given a contract and that's what it is. There was negotiations for me to play um, in those tournaments. So Lee, she's brilliant at negotiating. She's got strengths that I certainly don't have at, at all. So so she's been like doing all those different different things, um, yeah, for probably seven or eight years now. Because she was she was a journalist, wasn't she? Yeah, she yeah. was up. Yeah, presenter. New, yeah, for Fox Sports and that's did right, quite a few yeah. different things. Yeah, so so that's been like 
the great thing about Lee is a lot of her strengths and my weaknesses. Mm. Um, and that's where, where it works incredibly well. I feel very fortunate to have her working well with me with um with the negotiating some deals and that that I've got. But then the businesses that we've we've started, her her input has been so valuable because again, her strengths are my are my weaknesses. So where I sort of fall down, she picks it, picks it up and runs. So I feel, yeah, I feel that very very fortunate to have her if she was like more like me, then it wouldn't it wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Nothing done. Yeah, exactly right. So do you feel like you've kind of in like, I mean, obviously you fell in love with Lee specifically. Mm. <laughs> you probably weren't thinking of it as a business decision. Mm. Um, but like for, for your businesses post cricket, have you tried to intentionally gather people around you who can kind of, you know, obviously have the the strengths that you don't have so you can create something together? Is that something that you've kind of consciously done as well? I have outside of Lee, I found that ch- very challenging um, because like the businesses that I've started are all Lee and my ideas to be able to, okay, this is where we see a hole in the market. This is what I really want to do. This is what I'm passionate about. So let's go down there. And then to be able to find people who've got the same vision as me, I found that very challenging Yes, because it's very niche in the things that I've done, especially the creative equipment business and the mental skills business, very niche around or who else is really wants to jump on board to, to be, in, to be involved in something like quite specific yeah. cricket equipment business, for example, who really wants to be involved. So that's what I've, I have found very challenging uh, to be able to find. That's why having Lee with me to be able to just um, work through that. And she's probably more than anyone on the planet is the most honest to me as well, which is a great thing. <laughs> so when things need to be, the ship needs Brutal. to be pointed in the right direction. The sh- when the ship needs to be pointed in the right direction, yep. she she's one of the only people in my, in my life who does just, lets me know which direction things need to sort of move in a, in a good way. So that's why I love having her, her around in my businesses that I'm, I'm doing as we try and navigate our way through a very different skill set compared mm. to coaching or you know, commentary to a point anyway. You mentioned sort of towards the beginning of the conversation that um, one of your businesses kind of didn't survive. How did that make you feel that you kind of weren't able to get that going in the way that you wanted to or, or sort of anticipated that it might? Oh, yeah, it did. It, it, disappointing, but I'm always about like lear- learning from, from your mistakes or learning from the not so good times. Um, so for me, it didn't really, it didn't worry me that much to go, okay, well, I, yes, we, it didn't go exactly how I wanted. These are the reasons why I believe it didn't go how we wanted. And gosh, the great lessons to be able to take into the next to into the next phase. So for me, like that, and that's that's how I suppose I've always been built because I've had to be. But I was just gonna say, I think I wonder if that um is part of why you were so good at your cricket, right? So you're able to kind of go, okay, I acknowledge that that is not an ideal outcome. That is not what I wanted to achieve in this particular moment. But what what can I learn? Where did I go wrong? And how do I then apply that knowledge? into something that will create a great performance in the future. I think that's how, like, all six, all successful people that I've ever been around, that's exactly how they're built. You have to learn from when things don't go exactly to plan and go, okay, well, how can I get a better outcome next time by, do, like, by doing it differently? Mm. Um, and I had my, I had to do that with my body. I had so many injury issues throughout my career where I had to go, I had to ask different questions to other, to anyone else that I played with mm. around how can I, 
what's going on here? Why do I keep getting these issues? Who who do I need to source? Where can I source that? And is that is that going to be frowned upon by sourcing different people outside the system? Yeah. But that's how I suppose I've just been built. I, I, I suppose I don't take no for an for an answer. It's like okay, there's no such thing as no in my in my world. It's like okay, well, how can I get closer to it? Maybe not being as bad a no mm. or a better no. So a softer um, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's sort of that's just how how I'm built, and that's why when things don't go exactly to plan, um, and especially in the business side of things, the how that's the best time to learn. It's mm. like well, that definitely didn't work. Okay, well next time if that situation arises again, well, I'll do these these things differently to hopefully get a better or a different result. So, and that's what, that's what I love about life. Yeah. But I, I, I do feel like as, as we grow older, uh, as adults, we start to become more risk averse because obviously the stakes get higher and higher, right? Yeah. You know, we have mortgages, we have kids at school, things that we have to do, right? Bills that have to be paid. And so we kind of get more and more risk averse. We kind of get more and more nervous about failing because, you were one of the world's best cricketers at some stage in your life and now that's not mm. happening and now, you know, it's very easy to kind of spiral and go, oh, God, now I'm not going to be good at anything. Do, do you feel like you've had to actively kind of work against that? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And, and that's why I suppose it took, it's taken a, quite a while to realise and, and to hold on to that perspective that I had during my cricketing days, my playing days, that you learn from your mistakes. Yes. And yes, I know my base is much lower with this, like in business in particular, my base is so much lower because I didn't didn't study business. I haven't like I started businesses in my early to mid-30s, often no like no understanding base. So I know my base is a lot lower. But I just have to keep reinforcing to myself that that's it's okay. I can't ju- yeah, it's it's okay because everyone, that's why I listen to I listened to one podcast in particular, a business podcast, which I just find absolutely fascinating called Lesson, um, How I Built This with Guy Raz, oh, which awesome. is, it's about all founders. Like he is I don't know, a crazy amount of episodes and I just can't get enough of it. And because all the storylines around, uh, around even for these super successful founders of business, work, like some of the world's biggest businesses, that there's always close to a point where they were going to tap out. And these were the, like some of the most successful people in business in the in the world. So by listening to that, sort of just really humanised that I'm going through similar sort of things mm. um, from a business perspective. And you're sort of semi winging it, which a lot of these people are. Some people don't because they're much more well educated through their life, whether that's from their family or whether that's from actual education themselves. But a lot of people are sort of winging it. Like in in life, you really in life you really are. To you really are <laughs> at <laughs> all like, times. Yeah, I'm like aware of my opportunities. I've got to work. I've got to work incredibly hard. When an opportunity does arise, I do have to try and make the most of that because you're not sure how open those doors are going to stay. Stay. So, mm. but that's what I've loved, and that, so that podcast in particular from life after cricket has been something that has really just kept my eyes wide open to go. Okay, well, everyone's learning all the time, even some of the most successful people in this other domain that I'm, I'm really starting from a, a pretty low base. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a really interesting conversation to have because it's, I think people assume, I don't know, even even athletes, you know, they don't see the 15, 20 years before making a team where you've been literally doing your sport every single day working towards something. They just see the final you know, and maybe, you know, for me, I was 23 when I won gold at the Olympic Games. You know, for you, mm. what? how old were you when you first made your Australian team? 
it's 20. 20, like, yeah, you know, 20, yeah. but you've been doing it almost every day probably for your almost yeah. your entire life and people only see that pinnacle. They only see that moment in time, whereas mm-hmm. it's taken probably around 20 years for us to get to, to that opportunity. And yep. so it's really easy for people to kind of go, oh, that person just is successful <laughs> rather than going, oh, actually they've had to work their ass off to get to this yep. point. The overnight success that's taken 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. I love that. And, <laughs> and, that, and that's the, yeah, that's, and that's a beauty of, yeah, the beauty of life is that it does take so much work and that's a, across the board and that's in anything that people want to be successful at is very, very, good. very it rarely just something work. fall in your lap. There's, yes. you know, it doesn't fall in your lap. You have to work, work and follow your passion and what you love and then you just, you do. You hope, you hope that some. You're lucky that certain doors open at the at the right time to be mm. able to continue to keep you on your path. Because even through my career, career there, were, doors could have been clo- could have been closed. Um, like from even for as a teenager, that were open. And I was just fortunate that there was like a. I look back, and there's so many doors that just were open at the right time, right place, right time. Yes, I worked hard, but still, like other people worked hard as well, and those yeah. doors weren't there. And that's just. that's why I know I was very lucky as well. well. Steve Jobs had um, the Apple, you know, just Mm -hmm. a little company called Apple um, founder once said that uh, you can't connect the dots forward. And I I really love that idea because Mm -hmm. you have to work your ass off to get the opportunities, but then you also need to have the opportunities, but you won't even recognize the connections between them all and Mm -hmm. how it leads you to this moment in time until you're looking back <laughs> yeah that's it exactly yeah exactly um and that's the that is the exciting thing of life because mm. you just don't know what's around the corner that um could change the direction of everything but you don't know you don't know it's going to be there and that failure yeah. here might actually lead you to yeah, a different success in what the you future. From that. That's yes it. exactly right mm-hmm. um so there are moments in sport right that Everybody gets to see it's on television. You know, there's those moments of getting centuries or getting a wicket or whatever it might be for you. But there are also those really quiet moments that, you know, may not be played out in front of millions of people around the world where mm. you have that moment where you're like, I'm so proud of myself. I'm proud of this moment. I'm proud of this decision or, you know, choice that I've made. Is mm. there something that kind of springs to mind for you in your cricketing career, that was one of those quietly proud moments. Yeah, 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 for <laughs> sure. And there was, and there was a like, and there's a number as well because I went through sort of various stages of my of my career um, as well, starting as a, as a young guy, n- not knowing what the hell's going on, and playing in a team where I was a novice and I was playing with some of the masters that have ever played the game as well. So, so there's there was one time in 2009 which. It's sort of been a long time coming. A hundred that I that I got in a semi final, um, batting with Ricky Ponting, my like my hero and mm. my mentor. That was that was very that was a moment where I like had in my room where it's like okay, well everything that you all the sacrifice, all the stuff you had to put up with, all the injuries that I had, even just for that moment alone, it's a course it's all it's, it's everything's it. all worth it. Yeah, yeah. and the twenty fifteen World Cup uh, a quarter final against Pakistan was an innings that just really stood out. Yes, a little bit of luck went my way as well, but as an innings where I suppose the whole combination whole probably 
Australian career really came together on that night in a barrage that I got from a Pakistani quick bowler. Uh, and that was that was like a moment after it to go, okay, well, all that, everything that I've done in my career is, is certainly worth that that moment. And the last one was the back end, right at the back end of my career was a IPL India Premier League final in 2018, where I was about to retire the year before because I didn't have a very good IPL um, the year before that. And thanks to my wife, sort of just going, no, let's just keep, just give yourself a little bit more time. Don't just be rash and emotional about it. Then and it all came together. And that's probably one of my best things in my life in 2018, um, the final. So again, now the quiet moments where you just know the different layers that are, that were had gone into that yes. are on top of just that that one thing that people see. And you have that moment where you just you're so just sat, yeah, satisfied, quietly satisfied, just to go, oh my gosh, if I if I pause it now, then that's it. I'm stoked. Yeah, that I mean, that's exactly right. They're the moments that nobody kind of gets to see, but are some of my favourite memories and some of the most valued from my sporting career as well. So yeah. that's that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I would love to know your from your perspective what your what your take is on on cricket. I guess in in general because I think you know there's been so many kind of ups and downs over the last few years um, in mm-hmm. different ways, shapes and forms for you know Australian cricket but world cricket in general. What's your kind of take on on where cricket's at at the moment and what are you kind of excited in terms of the future? Yeah, um, cricket's at a really interesting place right now with some t the t twenty leagues, more t twenty leagues starting to pop up. There's always a chance that more powerful T20 leagues are going to start, which is going to put more pressure on international cricket, test cricket, one-day cricket and, and T20 national cricket. And it's getting closer and closer to that time where there might have to be a decision around what are we going to keep going a full itinerary around international cricket? Or it's is so it going to busy be, now. <laughs> it's, it's non-stop. It's non-stop. Yeah. It is. For these for these guys, it's, non, it's non-stop. And... So, or is it does does it move into more franchise tournaments, a bit like English Premier League f- football um, and just football in general, soccer around the world, where they play for their um, for their club, and then there's international games. Is it going to move? Uh, my thought was there's always a chance it's going to move that, but now with some of the leagues that are popping up, some really powerful leagues are potentially going to go ahead if they get go ahead and there's momentum built there's going to be a moment where there's going to have to be a decision made, mm. which is going to be challenging because growing up, Test cricket was the ultimate. It always was. That's the only thing I wanted to play. Mm. Um, but now because T20 cricket sort of, that's for the younger generation coming through. It's a shorter time, shorter game. It's only three hours. The um, concentration periods and everything is not as reduced. You don't have to push your body to the limits like in Test cricket. Yeah. And there's a bit more balance around time playing and then time off. When you're just playing those sort of leagues as well so it's that's going to be a really interesting time over the next probably five years if, if that does come to it the head but just in like in general the thing that i just i feel very fortunate to play the game of cricket is because it's a it's an individual sport in a team environment which is just there's not too many sports that really have that because you are yeah. as a batsman you are just it's only you yeah. against the bowler that's it you and your thoughts and you, what you've got and same from a bowling perspective you just as you you're exposed if you get things wrong you're exposed but you're in a team environment so you've got your mates around to help support you so that's the thing that I've I feel feel very fortunate to have played a game that sort of gives you 
the individual element in yep. a big way, but then the team, you're able to sort of build that team connection and understand how team environments work and team dynamics and individual characters that can change the dynamic of a team, good and bad. And that's what I do find fascinating as well. Yeah. I hadn't ever thought about that. I just was like, mm. cricket's a team sport, obviously. Mm. <laughs> but it is. Yeah. When you're standing at the crease, you're it's you. That's all that there is. No, I can help you. Yep. Yeah. It's fascinating. <laughs> you can't, like you can't pass the ball or you can't do it. It's just like, it's, it's me. Yeah. I'm walking off. I'll get it wrong. Yeah. Because yeah. that that, I felt like that was always the disadvantage that I had as a swimmer is that we were just an individual sport. I mean, yes, we had a team that was helping us work towards our goals, our very specific selfish yeah, goals that we wanted it. to achieve. But yeah, yeah, that's really fascinating. So, I, I mean, I'm interested because I have, I have three young girls. So, in terms of like women's cricket, mm. where, how do you see Australia, mm. how do you see women's cricket progressing into the future as well? It's unbelievably exciting. Yeah. Uh, and Cricket Australia were, they were the pioneers behind women's cricket, really. They were the ones who really grabbed a hold of an opportunity to push cricket into a professionally referred women's cricket around the world. Um, and, that, and that's the reason why the Australian women's team has been so dominant as well, because mm. they've had a big jump start on more chance attracting the best athletes and getting them into the system earlier and building the skills of these, of these young, young women. Um, and the pathway there now for for young girls is just so clear. Yeah. It's getting clearer and it's getting better and better. There's still there's still things that a number of different things that need to be put in place to be able to support the not just the international women's cricketers, but the layers, the layer down mm. in particular, as it could be cut goes from semi-professional to professional. So um that's the challenge for the game in Australia at the moment. But oh, it's it's amazingly exciting yeah. that Australia's starting. Yeah, cricket, the cricketers, it's becoming more of a first choice. It's getting close to being a first choice yeah. for the best athletes to be going around Australia at the moment where cricket, it wasn't. Um, a lot of the best athletes went to other uh, other sports. So, yeah, that's the that's a very exciting thing in, in Australian cricket in particular. And world cricket now, there's a Indian Premier League that's coming along. Um, there's a hundred ball in, in England, which is a great tournament, women's B, um, BBL. So, yeah, it's... It's very exciting for, for the young girls coming through. Having spent most of your life playing cricket and, you know, obviously travelling the world and doing all that, would you encourage your kids to get into cricket? I don't encourage them. If they want to go that direction, then I'm happy for them to do in whatever they do. My son is the last, like, four years has become obsessed. Oh, really? As, yeah, obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I loved it, like, as up until – it was up until one IPL where the team that I was playing in there, the Chennai Super Kings, were an older team. Mm. So there's a lot of people around my sort of age group. So there was younger kids on tour as well. So my son, really up until that point, didn't play cricket at all and had no interest, which is absolutely totally cool. But then there's a couple of young boys who they just started playing in the hallway. And then from then on, he's just become obsessed. So, so um, it's been, yeah, yeah, cute to be able to see that love and passion that he has. But again, for me, for my kids, whatever they want to do, mm. whatever they want to do. I'm, not, I'm certainly not pushing them down the route of cricket. Yeah. If they want to go down that route, again, it's totally up to them. I can help. I know I can help them. Um, <laughs> You're like, I have those help skills. Them, help them a little, I can help them a little bit, but in whatever they want to do, that's just what it, whatever makes them happy. That's amazing. And the final question that I have, what kind of advice would you give to people, for athletes who are kind of either contemplating retiring or are in that mm. early phase of you know retirement 
Yeah, if if I had my time again, the one thing that I would I would have done was just carve out a bit more time throughout my career, like even throughout my early 20s. And yes, I studied for a little bit. Like as soon as I finished school, I studied full time for a year. Business and human movements guy had no idea what I wanted to do. Combination but, of and, everything. <laughs> yeah, whatever, and see see what would land. But I would have probably, I would have carved out, even though I thought I had no mental capacity to do anything else apart from focus on cricket or take my mind off it and just relax to try and be fresh mentally and physically fresh to, to um, especially mentally fresh going to games. But I would have carved out a bit more time to just start that learning process earlier and have a team around, have try and put a team around me who could start, if I wanted to start business, a business, to have a team around me to start that process a bit earlier. Um, just so it wasn't a sprint towards the end, <laughs> because you also don't know. You, you like I could have got an injury yes. that just cut my career dead. Like dang, that's it. It's done. And it happened to a couple of my mates where it's just like that's it. You're done. It's like what? Yeah. Okay. Well, now it's so now what do I do? <laughs> exactly. Now what do I do? So that's if I had my time again, I would st- I would have carved out a bit more time earlier and understood that. They had to be very specific around when I did carve out that time because I didn't want that to impact my mental energy going into a, a game because mm. that's the last thing I'd wanted. But just to be a bit more, a much more deliberate around starting it a bit earlier, mm. and and you might not move into that direction, but at least you're starting to develop skills outside of gaming or compute um or golf or something like that or playing guitar which i Netflix. love but it's not really yeah it's it's not really something that i can really use in the next phase of my um, phase of my life so mm. just being a bit more <laughs> directed with the things that i was doing that could help me set set myself up so it wasn't as a mad sprint at what it, as what it was and that's such brilliant advice because that that I think that was one of the hardest things that I found in that early phase is I just had to go and start trying stuff and seeing mm. if I liked it and then it's that process of illumination right where mm. you start to go oh yeah actually I didn't really enjoy that or that's not really interesting to me and if you can start that while you're actually a competitive athlete then you can start crossing things off off the list rather than going oh god what do I do now <laughs> That's it, exactly. And like all these questions, that's why I'd love to ask you that as well. And I'll have to listen to to hear your thoughts on all this as well, because um, I I find it probably the most, it's the most fascinating and daunting thing around athletes because everyone that I talk to, everyone's got a very, very similar story. Yes, mm. it's different sort of different factors that are in play, um, but it's still the same themes yeah. around just how unbelievably daunting it is. Yeah. And it's and yes, athletes, we do it younger. Yes. Much younger. Whereas and people have to go through ten transition sort of phases in different stages of their life, but it's not so much like in your thirties. Yeah. Right. If you're lucky, if you're able to go into a point or in your late late twenties where you've got to start that transition phase. You're starting the, again. Well, <laughs> you're like, cool. I, I was twenty seven. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what do I do now? Yeah, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> But as you said there, just around like just being a bit more deliberate around starting a bit earlier. And, yes. and that's why, like, I think, well, I believe cricket and all sports really should put in some enforced time. Again, even if it's like half an hour or an hour, it should be part of the, the training. Um, yes, part of the training. Yeah. And actually, like the duty of care for a sport is to carve out time to say you are doing nothing else. And not doing any, like not playing golf, not gaming, yep. not watching Netflix, actually doing something that's going to help you upskill 
in one, once your career is done because when you're in, when you're in right in the middle of it when your head's in the middle of it you don't care no I, all i care about is i want to achieve this yes whereas if there was actually a duty of care in the sport to go okay that's great and we'll do everything we can to allow you to get to give yourself the best chance of reaching those targets and those goals but you need was helping you set yourself up so yes. the, the cliff isn't as steep yes oh yes shame that was yes so because that's the thing like when you're 19 uh, or 20 and you're like early in your career you're like I don't need to spend time studying I'm not going to go do an internship for half a day when I could be sleeping like unless it's going to be enforced athletes just will not do it because you're six foot tall and bulletproof you're at the start of your career you assume you're going to have this long career and it's just, it's so far from the front of your mind. Whereas if yep. it's enforced and, you know, is part of requirements to get paid or something. That's it. Like you need to attach it to a value that you can understand at that age. <laughs> that's it. And that's, that's what I don't, that's what I don't understand. The duty of care for every sport is to be able to enforce that. And then there'd be, I think there'd be actually more people, more parents going, you know what, it's actually okay if you go on and try and be yeah. a professional athlete because that sport's going to help you set you up for the next phase of your life as well. Exactly. Instead of going, you want to go there because look at all these people who've <laughs> tried to try it and end up got there, but then all they crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So that's where it would actually help get more people into pushing the limits as professional athletes as well. Yeah. I totally agree. Oh, Shane, that was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for your time and energy and all of, all of the incredible work that you're doing. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, it's great to, great to chat to you. Thank you so much for joining me today on All That It Is. It was such a pleasure to talk to Shane. I... I mean, to be honest, I I never know what to expect when I'm interviewing different people unless I know them personally. But yeah, he was great. And I love all of the amazing work that he's doing in terms of his mental skills business and trying to encourage athletes to have something in their toolkit before retirement, you know, to understand what their passions are, where they're kind of working towards even if it's just what you don't like <laughs> before you finish sport is a, is a really great tool to be able to take into life after, um, into retirement, into the real world. As always, thank you so much for, for listening. I always really appreciate all of the messages that I receive on the socials at All That Glitters Pod. Uh, I have a massive favour to ask because I know I probably skite over this at the end of most of my podcasts, but... For me to be able to keep bringing you great interviews and great conversations with different athletes, it'd be great if you guys could like and subscribe, uh, share um, with your friends, rate and review. That helps me get onto the podcast charts and other people can uh, be finding all that glitters. So I really appreciate it if you have the time and if you like the show to be able to go on and do that. Otherwise, I will see you in a couple of weeks.